It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. All right, we're back here on the Giants huddle podcast. Very happy to have one of the best national NFL reporters in the business from Sports Illustrated. The one and only Albert Breer. His Monday morning quarterback is must read for football fans and Monday afternoon quarterback as well um, on Sports Illustrated. Make sure you guys go check that out. He was at the Giants joint practice with the Jets on Thursday afternoon. Kind enough to give us a few minutes um, shortly thereafter. Albert, this is the end of your training camp travails this summer. How has it been? Good, good. Um, You know, it's actually feels like completely back to normal now, which has been awesome. And um, yeah, it's always good to go and see everybody. And like, yeah, I think after the last few years, just like the value of face-to-face communication is fantastic. And so, yeah, I mean, 24 teams over the last, you know, four weeks, and, uh, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been great just to be able to kind of like get that view of the league, um, you know, which is always sort of what I'm shooting for when I'm doing this. Absolutely. And, and, and we'll go around the league a little bit, uh, before we say goodbye, but so let's keep it really general. What was your takeaways from giants and jets today? Besides the fact that there were no fights. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess we were all sort of like all of us who aren't working for the team are always rooting for fights. So a little disappointed there, but uh, no, it was great. And, you know, I, I think you can kind of see, you know, two organizations that are building, but are at different stages of their building. And, you know, the jets, you know, you see them come in, um, now Joe Douglas has had three drafts, you know, and, and, and Robert Sala has been part of two off seasons and you can sort of see the speed with which they're moving now. Um, doesn't mean they're going to break through and make the playoffs or anything like that. But I think you can kind of start to see conceptually what they're trying to do um, coming together on the field and, and it's showing up in like the way that they practice, the way that they play, how efficient they are with the giants. I think you can tell that this is a turn the page season and, I, the good news is, like, one thing that's pretty clear being in the building is, and this can change, of course, you know, you start losing games, this goes wrong, that goes wrong, obviously there are challenges ahead for them that, in that respect, but I, I think you can see that they're really kind of all on the same page as far as where they are, and that this is going to take some time, and it's not going to be immediate, and there's a process they're going to go through, and, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, a lot of the guys here came from Buffalo and Buffalo, when I was there, you know, a few weeks ago, I mean, they look like a machine. Like, and the best way I can describe it is like the 07 Patriots, the, wow. um, the Seahawks teams, like you saw those teams right before they won championships and they're really humming, you know, like the way that they practice, the way that they work, the way that they look, the way the players lead, it's just obvious. And Buffalo has that look right now. And it's interesting coming here when you have guys who are part of building that and they're like, yeah, they're in their sixth year. And it sort of, I think, reflects like the fact that this is going to take some time and it's going to take some trust on the part of ownership, on the part of the fan base that they're doing the right things. And um, and yeah, so like I think there's that sort of brick by brick, ground up operation ty- type of build happening here. And I think it's what the Giants need. 
Um, but I think it, again, is going to require, you know, eating some crap for the next year or two. Um, and there are going to be some moments where it's not going to look the way that you want it to look. But it's like having the trust that it's eventually going to get there. All right, so let's stick on the big picture then before we talk about this year specifically. Obviously, until you have the quarterback, Albert, you're kind of floating, right? right. You're, you're trying to figure out as an organization where you're going, how are you going to go about things. So how do you see the Giants handling the quarterback situation, uh, short-term and long-term moving forward? Well, I think there's no question that you know it's going to – Daniel Jones is, is going to get some rope here, and I think the idea is to see if he's fixable. And, you know, John Mara said it himself, like the way it was set up the last couple of years wasn't great for his development. Two head coaches, um, you know, he's had, I think, three different offensive coordinators, right? I might even be low on that, but I think it's three different offensive coordinators, um, you know, different position coaches. It's just like... Yeah, Kafka's four. It was, I'm getting it right, it was Shermer, Garrett, Kitchens, and now Dable, correct. Yeah, so like, and I, I guess that's, what was two... This is this would be his third head coach, but yes, his fourth right. year. Mm-hmm. This is fourth year, right? So, but but there are very few young quarterbacks who can overcome that level of turnover. Now, you can argue that if the quarterback's really good to begin with, you're not going to have that type of turnover. So it's sort of like chicken, egg, chicken right? and egg type of thing, right? But like, I do think that there's very few quarterbacks that could overcome that. Like Andrew Luck's one of the few that could was like really trans like special enough where it was like okay, like no matter what, this guy's still gonna it's going to work. And we saw what happened there in the end. So like, I do think like there's some merit to what John Mara has said and that, you know, we screwed up and we just, we, he deserves another chance. And, you know, I think that they're going to give him like a year to prove himself. Can he do it based on where the organization is based on some of the turnover in the roster based on, you know, what they have around him. It's a, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. And so I, I think, you know, you sort of see where they stand on him by them, by, by with the decision to, to, to decline the fifth-year option. You see what's around him. And I think the likelihood is they're going to kick the tires on this. It's probably not going to work. Um, and they'll probably be looking for a quarterback again in 2023, which, again, like is not an indictment on Brian Dayball or um, or Joe Shane or even, or even Daniel Jones. You know, it's just – you know, the level of investment in the quarterback is really important. And, you know, you look at the on the other side of the field today, the Jets, the guy who drafted Zach Wilson still there, the guy, the coach who drafted Zach Wilson still there, the offensive coordinator who worked with him from day one is still there. Those guys know, like, their job security is tied to Zach Wilson. Very few people in the football operation right now, if any, have their job security tied to Daniel Jones. And that changes the dynamic completely for a young quarterback. All right, so final question in terms of the long-term stuff here. What do you think the rebuild process is going to look like? What are they going to prioritize? How are they going to try to build this foundation and make it sturdy so you can add to it over the course of a few years, as you mentioned, and eventually get to the point where you build a program the way Tom Coughlin built a program here and you're rocking and rolling every year? Well, I think one of the things that's really clear is that they're going to build through the lines of scrimmage. Um, and, you know, I think you see it with the, the way they drafted this year, taking Evan Neal where they took him, taking Kayvon Thibodeau where they took him. Um, you know, I, and I think, like, building that sort of operation, building an operation that way is really sound. It's the way the Eagles have always built. It's the way the Cowboys have always built. You look at the teams that have been successful in their division over the last few years. 
a lot of their success has been based through the lines of scrimmage. And if you look at the Giants' struggles, the offensive line hasn't been very good, you know, really going back five, six years now. And longer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the defensive line and the defensive line, this the team's been known in the past for like having the great pass rushers. All the great Giants teams had those sorts of war daddy defensive players. And you haven't had that. So what do they do now? Well, they got Andrew Thomas at left tackle. They got Evan Neal at right tackle. They have Kayvon Thibodeau playing the edge. Aziz Ojolari, who they think a lot of, um, on the other side. And then on the interior, on the defensive line, you've got Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. So I think at the very least, you've got a starting point there. And if you want to look at like how the team is going to be built, it's not with the shiny toys that everybody gets excited about. It's built through the lines of scrimmage. And... I mean, look, like you can see the way those those Buffalo teams were built. It's the same thing. They invested in the lines of scrimmage. They built up the lines of scrimmage at the beginning. And they it was free agents, it was draft picks. They sunk a lot into that the, into those groups and it wound up great, giving them a great foundation. Is that going to look exciting in year 1? Probably not. You know, because not many people are paying attention to line play. But is it the right way to build? And is you know, doing it inside out, going to like give them the sort of, you know, foundation where they're two, three years from now going to be able to add some of those shinier things that are going to get you all excited, including what might be a young quarterback. Yeah. And and if it's, if it means Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Will Levis or Tyler Van Dyke is here next year, does the fact that you did that this year, built that this year is that going to help that young guy of course it is so like i think that if you want to look like for an indication of how they're planning to build this up how they are building this up you know you can you know look at what happened in buffalo and you know the investment they had in guys like even like going back like a harrison phillips a mitch morris and free agency a Deion dawkins um you know like you see like the, the 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 amount of investment they made in the lines of scrimmage they're doing the same thing here and who was that great for in buffalo it's great for Josh Allen, right? Like, and so whether the young quarterback is Daniel Jones or one of those guys I just mentioned who could wind up being here in 2023, that's the way you want to build it. I think that's the way the great Giants teams were built in the past. Like, you look at the two teams that won with Eli, that's the way those teams were built. And I think you see, even though those guys, like, even though Dayball and, and, and Shane don't have as much background in the organization, you can see them building the way that a lot of the, you know, great Giants teams in the past were built. How do you see this NFC East playing out now? We just found out the last couple of days that Tyron Smith is going to be out maybe for the year, at yeah. least through December. Uh, we've seen how the Cowboys play without him. The numbers are not great. Um, we don't know how they're going to replace him yet, Albert. Then you have the Eagles who have a great roster. Who knows about Jalen Hurts, though? I don't know how much yeah. you know how much confidence you have in him. So how do you see this NFC East playing out this year? I, I think like after my trip, I would say I'm higher on the Eagles, lower on the Cowboys. Um, you know, So I, I think if I had to pick it right now, I'd pick the Eagles. Yeah, the reason why is I think the Eagles are deeper. You know, I mentioned the thing about the line of scrimmage, right? Like, so, like, that's what that Eagles team, that's how that Eagles team in 2017 was built. It was built around guys like Fletcher Cox and Brendan Graham and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And guess who's still there? Like, those guys are still there. And they've added a lot of young pieces to replace the people who have been filtered out. You know, the Brandon Brookses, the, um, you know, the, 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 the Jason Peters, um, They've done it really, the Chris Longs, they've done a nice job of sort of bringing young players through. They've got foundation guys who've been there for, you know, over a decade. And I think they're deep elsewhere, too. Like you mentioned Jalen Hurts. There, there's definitely reason to say, okay, like, 
can he be a franchise quarterback? Is he worth $40, $45 million a year? And that's still an open question. What I don't think you can argue is, is Jalen Hurts being put in a great position to succeed where they don't have to ask the world of him? And I think that's the situation he's in. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you look at Dallas now, what's Dallas asking a Dak? Dallas needs Dak to be awesome. Tyron Smith's down. I, I don't know what's you know whether Tyler Smith is ready to play left tackle as a rookie. You know he's a first round pick. Um, you know like what happens if C.D. Lamb goes down on offense? Like they're so thin at receiver. And then on defense, you look they've got a couple of great players, but they've also got some areas where maybe you can pick on them a little bit. And so I just think like looking at the division right now, to me the Eagles have far and away the most complete roster, and I think they're asking the least of their quarterback. And I think when you're asking the least of your quarterback, you're giving your quarterback to be the best chance to succeed. And I think that's where Philly is right now. Based on your trip around the league, what team did you feel a lot better about after you walked out of the building than maybe you thought you would? And what team were you maybe like, ooh, maybe they have some more problems than I thought they did? Um, so I would say, I mean, Buffalo's a machine, like I said. So I don't, I, I don't even, like, I, I don't know if I, I went in thinking, like, they're one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I left thinking they're one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. The Packers were interesting because I think people are paying attention to the wrong things with Green Bay. The receiver situation is what it is. They're going to have to have guys develop there. But they're counting on one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to make that work. And this is sort of like what the New England model was back in the day where it was like, we can be good, not great at the skill positions and try to be great everywhere else. And our quarterback will figure it out. And that's sort of like where it feels like the Packers are right now. I think their defense could wind up being the best defense in the league. They have seven first-round picks starting from, which is an incredible number. And you just saw the way that group's put together and how big and fast they are everywhere. And I saw, like, with my own eyes, them competing against Aaron Rodgers in practice and getting the better of him. I just think that, like, I think Green Bay has got the run game and the defense at a place where it hasn't been since maybe Brett Favre's been there or since Aaron Rodgers has been there. So – now it's like, can Aaron figure it out with the receivers he has? Probably can figure it out. Vegas is the other team that I kind of like look at and say they won 10 games last year. They're adding legitimate like franchise-level players on both sides of the ball and Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. So that'd be another team I was impressed with. Cowboys might be a team that I'm a little more down on that, um, that, that after seeing them, I'm like, you know, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. Any other team that? I think Denver's. I think Denver's going to have a bumpy start to the season, which a lot of people aren't seeing that. But I think having putting in an offense and Russell playing a little bit of a different way, like he wants to play a different way, I just think it's going to be a little bumpy at the start. So I'd say maybe a little higher on the Packers and the Raiders, and I've got some questions on the Cowboys and on the Broncos. All right, final question. Even though this is a long-term process for the Giants, Albert, there will be a lot of Giant fans in that building this year, 70,000 strong, rooting them on every Sunday. Put the blue tinted glasses on a little bit for me. Best-case scenario, things go well this year. How do you think this Giant team goes about winning games if everything goes right? Uh, I think they go about winning games with a healthy Saquon Barkley. Um, And I think they need Saquon to be at the center of everything they do. Um, I don't think they're good enough at receiver right now to – really like put it on Daniel Jones's shoulders to win week in week out. I also think Saquon, you know, will allow we can allow them to shorten games, um, less possessions, help highlight your defense a little bit. Um so, you know, I think that there's a formula where they can get maybe 
to six, seven wins. And I know that sounds bad, but this is a year where they're taking on some dead cap. They're turning the page on some guys. And so I think what you're paying attention to if you're a Giants fan is what does Andrew Thomas look at the, like at the end of the year? What does Evan Neal look at like at the end of the year? What does Kayvon Thibodeau look at like at the end of the year? What does Wandale, Wandale Robinson look at the, like at the end of the year? The guys that you could see being around here for the next five to ten years – are those guys better in November and December than they were in September? And is the team better in November, December when they than they were in September? And to me, it's like, I, I hate to keep comparing back to Buffalo, but that's the context for these guys, right? And like that first year in Buffalo, they made the playoffs and they were competitive as hell. And though they took the bullet the second year, like Brandon Bean and Joe Shane and all those guys didn't get there until after the draft in 17. So they were there for the 17 season, but they hadn't really been like part of the team building process. They took the bullet in 18. And that was the one year those Bills teams didn't make the playoffs. But that team was getting better at the end of the year, and you could see it. And so I think that's the big thing. And I think that's what Joe and, and Brian and the rest of them are going to be looking for is like, what does our team look like in December, November versus what it looks like in September? And I know that's no way to get excited for a football season, but I do think that like – I do think that the right formula is in place. It's just going to take some patience to to to, to execute it. And um, you know, if you're ownership or you're the fan base, you, I think after what's happened here the last six seven years, owe it to yourself to let that play out. Albert, you're a gentleman. Thank you very much. Anything you want to promote before we say goodbye? <laughs> Everybody can just go to the website si.com. Uh, yeah, well, we have got plenty of content there for you. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Podcast too, right? You're doing now. Yeah, well, we're working on that. Okay. I'll keep everybody updated on that. Awesome. Thank you, Albert. All right, thank you. That's Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated, a Monday morning quarterback. Don't forget, fans, giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Also, don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant Games world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place the pods for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Great stuff from Albert there. I know we didn't spend a ton of time on practice itself. Albert was, you know, he's doing his reporting a lot during practice, so he's talking to people and all that stuff, so it's not like, I got to watch this rep with this guy and this rep with that guy. So I thought it was better to have, especially given his knowledge of the league and, you know, bigger picture stuff around the NFL that it was probably more appropriate to have a big picture conversation with Albert um, about the Giants and the NFC East and things of that nature than to really go nitty gritty on, you know, what happened at practice. If you want that, go check out Big Blue Kickoff Live's Thursday episode. Uh, It's probably not up yet because I'm only getting this one up, you know, in a few minutes after I record this close, and then I'll put Big Blue Kickoff Live up after that. But hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it, it will be up and you can check that out. Um, and then I'm going to talk to two Giants offensive linemen on the next Giants Little Podcast. It'll probably go up late Friday or early Saturday. I'm going to talk to the offensive linemen uh, Max Garcia and Devery Hamilton about the uh, joint practice and looking ahead to the game against the Jets on Sunday Night Football. Thanks for being with us on this episode of the Giants Little Podcast, everybody. Thank you for Albert Breer for joining us. And if you like this type of talk, by the way, go check out the previous episode. We talked to Mike Sando from The Athletic, another great national reporter covering the NFL. For Albert, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle Podcast.